Hello everybody and welcome to the Glory Glory Podcast. I'm your host as always, Kel Quinn. And joining me today is one of my regulars, uh, Nigel Duffy. How's it going, Nigel? Going well, thanks, Kyle. Um, Okay, it's been a, a, a decent week for United, uh, considering what's gone on beforehand. Um, brilliant week for Jaden Sancho. Um, so we progressed to the, the, the Champions League knockout stages. Um, probably largely thanks to Ronaldo, really, scoring in every game in the Champions League. Um, and then Chelsea, an unexpected draw, albeit with an extremely defensive setup with the three-man midfield of Fred, McTominay and Maric, something that we never seen on Mourinho or Oli. Um, so any suggestion that Ranjak had anything to do with that yesterday was totally false. I don't know why the media seem to think that because he doesn't play that way. Um, clearly, it was all down to Carrick and McKenna. Um, Daphne, Daphne wrote her luck at times. Um, some poor finishing from Chelsea. and Also, some good defending from United at times. And the guy, obviously, making a couple of saves. Um, brilliant to see Shanto get his first Premier League goal and, and, and against the league leaders as well. You know, um, it, it's, it's good scoring against Alexa Watford and, and Brighton and, and Bournemouth, teams like that. But the score against Chelsea is magnificent. Um, but then Arn Wampasaka inexplicably gave away a penalty kick. Um, and then Fred had a great chance to win the game when he was gifted that ball by Mendy. And he just totally panicked. And it was an awful attempt to chip him. So overall, what was your thoughts on the game, Nigel? Well, I thought it uh, was disappointing in that, as you clearly state there, Kyle, to play three defensive midfielders like that in any game is not the way United fans expect to see their football expressed on the pitch. Uh, the percentage terms with Chelsea having 68% and they had even more in the first half. The first half was dire. I thought the second half was better, principally because we got the early goal. I always thought we needed to score first in that uh, game, but we only had two chances because of the the defensive errors by the Chelsea players. So, there was, there was no creativity, Kyle, for me. It was to set up not to concede five like Liverpool and four against Watford and Leicester. So the, the management now got, the, got their point and they would be happy with that. But you and I as fans couldn't enjoy watching that defensive stuff every week. Yeah, we definitely couldn't watch that every week. But I suppose under the circumstances, um, we had to be a bit cautious going to the... Given the way we've been getting battered in nearly every game in recent weeks... And we were going to the league leaders. And if we tried to go toe-to-toe with them, you know, we could have been beaten four or five. So uh, I'll accept it on this occasion. But going forward, I don't want to see that type of football. And I don't think we will under the new manager. Uh, so what do you make of the, the week that Jen Sancho said? He scored in the Champions League and he scored his first Premier League goal against Chelsea. So uh, are you pleased with how things are going with him at the moment? At the moment? Oh, absolutely. He's starting to express himself. It looks as if uh, the early season pressure of arriving at a new club, despite the fact that he wanted the club come to Manchester for quite some time, uh, whether or not he got the support of the uh, Ali, the previous manager, it didn't look like it. But Ali was under so much pressure, he didn't even play Jaden in the correct position. We saw at Watford 
the the crosses that he put in. Certainly, uh, Donny van der Beek's goal. What a wonderful cross to Ronaldo and a, a header back across the goal and tucked away nicely. I think Jaden can do that for years if he's given the, the role to express himself on the right-hand side. The goal he scored at Chelsea was superb. He, he, he took his chance, obviously, as a lot of pace. Uh, shimmied the goalkeeper, uh, looked to his left as if Rashford was in the picture. He never was. A guy as good as Jaden will, will knock it away, and he did with flair. It was beautiful goal. Yeah, if I'm being brutally honest, uh, I wouldn't have trusted Rashford in that situation. Um, I'm glad that it wasn't him. And um, I'm a bit disappointed that the the other defensive era from Chelsea, the chance fell to Fred. Um, I think Fred had one of those games where he's brilliant when United don't have the ball, where he's, he's making tackles and deceptions and closing people down and coming out with the ball. But once he gets into the opposition half, uh, he, he doesn't know what to do with the ball. His crossing was terrible. And then when he was presented with that chance, he just he just didn't have the composure to think about what he was going to do. He just panicked. Uh, and the attempt to chip the keeper was about as unbrazilian as I've seen. Um, Ronaldo was screaming at him with his hand up, looking to, to play him in at the far post, but he just didn't have the vision to do that, did he? No, you've called it correctly. He froze, literally. He just didn't know what to do. But, I mean, the, the goalkeeper in his post-match interview against Watford quite clearly told the country, not just the club, that the midfield doesn't know what to do with the ball. And there was the prime example. Fred was totally lost in a, in a great position to uh, win that game. Yeah, it was very, very disappointing. Um, Scott McTominay got the man of the match from Jimmy Carragher. Um, would you go along with that? No, I wouldn't. I... I he, he, there's plenty of endeavour there. My man of the match is the goal scorer. We go on the pitch to play football, score goals and win games. And that was a, a great goal he scored. Pity it didn't win the game. So uh, for the first time and hopefully not the last, Jaden was my man of the match. Yeah, we expect to see that a few more times this season. Um, with regards to the defence, um, Wan-Bissaka, like I touched on there, I mean, I think he made an, an important block at one stage to prevent a Chelsea goal, but the, the penalty giveaway was just totally needless. And I, I don't know why he did that, but uh, he's not having a good time of it at the moment. He's had a really poor season, and that just highlighted it, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, I worry about his future. I definitely think he's under pressure now. Somehow the, 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 the new manager will, will have to look at that very carefully in the new year. But he, I think he looked at the, a whole lot of those defenders, Tyler. Simply without Varane, they they just doesn't have the quality. They survived yesterday, all right. Though Lindelof had a very poor start. He was taken to the cleaners early on in the game. But generally across that back four, it doesn't look good. Though Bailly had one of his better games. Now he is he is a good player. It's when he panics and does something irrational and costs his goals that's that's the unfortunate side of his playing side. Yeah, I think uh, Baye, in my opinion, would be our second best centre back. I think uh, I would say eight out of ten games he plays, he's magnificent. Um, just we see stuff the odd time like that own goal against Liverpool or against City rather. Um, but most of the time he is pretty good. And yesterday he was again. Um, albeit you know it was a case of strength and numbers at the back. There was that many defenders we had on the pitch. Um, I think it really helped Baye and Lindelof, but. I have to say, we, we didn't miss Harry Maguire one bit, did we? Absolutely not. I think the new manager will have a close look. I think he could find himself in a different position uh, with the new manager who will 
he look at everybody on the basis of merit. But certainly since since the Euros, Maguire's been very poor and his irrational defending when he's already booked to get booked twice within seven minutes in what proved to be Solskjaer's last game was just an embarrassment. 80 million footballer to carry out like that, it's very, very poor, Kyle. Yeah, on, on current form, I would say that Maguire should be fourth choice centre-back. For me, the, the ideal pairing would be Varane and, and Bailly and then Lindelof and then Maguire for me. And, and anyone else I've spoken to, he puts Lindelof ahead of Maguire. That's how low they actually view him. Yeah, he's a very brave player, Bailly. There's no doubt about that. But uh, the new manager won't uh, owe him anything. He look at him and make a judgment on his merit. He certainly may not retain the captaincy. I wouldn't certainly keep it with him. I would I would give it to Bruno. But Bruno needs to step up his game too. He's had very poor performances the last five or six weeks. To be fair. Well, that just reminds me that you know yesterday uh, I didn't agree with the substitutions. The first one was Ronaldo coming on for Sancho. That was obviously very harsh, and uh, for obvious reasons, I felt as if Bruno should have come off for Ronaldo. Because he wasn't, he was, he was having another poor game, to be honest. And he, another one of those games where he's constantly in the face of the referee, and he done it again when the, when the penalty was given. Um, you know, it's it's very annoying to watch that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was the correct decision. You know, to bring off Sancho and bring on Ronaldo. I think Bruno should have been the one to come off. And then he got it wrong again. Uh, when was it? He took off Rashford, I think, was playing better than Bruno to bring on Lingard. Again, he had two opportunities to bring off Bruno and didn't. He did. They were very strange decisions. It was pre-planned. Obviously, Ronaldo wasn't pleased. I mean, Ronaldo didn't come from Italy to be in the bench when you're playing the league leaders. That's the sort of game that he loves and thrives on. And especially as, as Sancho's getting better service down the wing and can get the ball in. Who's the man you want to be there at the near post or the back post? It's the guy with the 799 goals. How could he possibly have been left out of that team and, and three defensive midfielders played? It's just a fear of losing because of what's happened in recent weeks. But we'll march on. We've got a new manager coming. Let's let's leave that behind us. Yeah, I don't think anyone could believe it. And um, Once again, uh, Ronaldo stormed down the tunnel after the game the same as he did against Everton. You know, he wasn't one bit pleased. Carrick tried to tell the media that he had a conversation with Ronnie and he was okay with the decision, but we all know that's not true. Um, okay, we'll come on to the, the, the player ratings now. Um, David De Gea, another solid performance, great save with his foot in the first half. It even got a compliment from Roy Keane, which is very rare. So what score would you give him out of 10? I'd give him a sound seven. He, he, he definitely is on the top of his game at the moment now, and that was a very important save so early in the game. Yet, yet another uh, case of Lindelof being absolutely cleaned by a forward. He, he just isn't strong enough. Can't... No, definitely not. Um, okay, what about Armand Masaka again? He made an important block, but he also gave away the penalty, so you could, you could argue that he cost us two points, so I don't anticipate yeah, a high score. I'd give him. Oh, I'd give him a five. That's. Uh, I couldn't give him any more than that because offensively he did. He did absolutely nothing from what I can see. Part of the team plan: work hard and. Uh, but uh, the penalty. I mean, he lost his concentration. And as some people say the penalty was harsh, but within the rules, it was a penalty. And um, yet again, he's been sent off this season. His form has dipped, and I think the new manager will look at the right hand 
of the pitch very, very closely indeed. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Just a bit short on options there. Dallow's not really a serious contender because we've seen just how bad defensively he is against Villarreal in the home game. Um, so by Ian Lindelof, uh, what would you score them to out of 10? Well, Lindelof's on the same par as, as uh, Wambasak is a five. By E, I would give a six. He, he was the best player yesterday in the back four, in my opinion. And as I said earlier, he's very, very brave and will put his head on the line or his body on the line for the team when he needs to. And he, he can read the game well and, and distribute the ball a lot better than any of the other three in that back four yesterday. And, and Lindelof then, what would you give him? Five, same as Juan Bissaka. And uh, I was going to say Luke Shaw, but obviously you think he's going to cost at the moment. Um, yeah. Alex Tellez, um, I was really worried about him playing in this game due to his defensive deficiencies, but he seemed to be okay. You know, he wasn't brilliant, but I don't think he got he got done too many times either. No, well, I'd, I'd give him five, same as the other two, but Bay was definitely the best player in the back four for me. Okay, we'll make our way through all the defensive midfielders now. Um, we'll start off with McTominay, Carragher's man of the match. So, uh, definitely improved performance on what we've seen from him in recent weeks. Yes, I'd give him a seven. He was the best of those three players. Uh, uh, he, he got booked early on. I worried about that, but he is a, committed, a competitive, committed player so you, you never expect anything less and uh, he, he he can score a goal if he's given the opportunity but the way it was set up yesterday he was never never going to figure at that end of the pitch but he certainly was the best of the three in the defensive midfield Yeah I think his performance was summed up by the the block that he made with his face to prevent a goal uh, I think he ended up needing treatment after that but uh, you can't fault his commitment um, Fred is equally as committed but just like like we've said, he's he's good without the ball, but not so good with the ball, and that's just not good enough at this level. No, absolutely not. He there's no creativity and there's no vision. I give him a five there just for his his effort. More, he doesn't give me anything else like that. And the the chance at the end of the game was just embarrassing. But it's happened before. I mean, he he very rarely gets a shot on target. He could hit either corner flag. He's that bad. And you think his one foot, which is his left foot, it doesn't, it doesn't, when he comes to scoring goals, he produces nothing. So five for me. And uh, the man you manage, I mean, he came from nowhere to start that game. Yeah, yeah. Really, he wasn't match fit enough to start in a game like that. He played for Chelsea, so a wee bit of bite. Uh, I saw a few times when he was uh, involved in tackles, he, he sort of had a, a half a, a kick back at somebody. He was up for the game because of the team, but he, he a five for me. He's just uh, he's too slow now. He's at the end of his career, and we deserve much better than that in the midfield. Okay, so Bruno Fernandez then playing as the false nine, which and then constantly you know coming back into his own half. I mean, and then it was meant there was nobody really playing up front. So what did you make of him? Uh, very poor by his very high standards. Another five for me. Couldn't couldn't see anything. Uh, and as you clearly stated earlier, getting involved with the referees and linesmen. This this is the side of his game where I think the 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 new German manager will need to talk to him about it. He has great flair, great vision, lovely through balls, 
We saw none of it yesterday. He's in a bad run of form at the moment, Kyle. Yeah, that is unfortunate because we, he's been absolutely magnificent since he came to the club. Um, he kept the previous manager job for longer than he deserved. Um, and, you know, he's been a, a revelation, really. But as of late, he's dipped. Just like nearly everybody else has been the same this season. They've, they've really just fallen off the wagon. And, you know, some people have accused Bruno of down and tools um, to see off Ollie. I'm not sure that I would agree with that. Uh, how did you see it? No, I, I wouldn't see it uh, as badly as that, but certainly he did uh, in several games throw his arms up and, and get frustrated and then he didn't run, didn't compete, which he normally does. But uh, I wouldn't say that he threw the manager on the, under a bus, but he, he, he certainly didn't rally the troops as he should have done. If we want him to make, a, make him a long-term captain, he certainly needs to uh, get the, the players up rather than focus on how unhappy he is. So he'd, he'd, need to, he'd need to come around in that aspect of his game. Yeah, well, we've we seen when he came on as a sub against Villarreal what, what an impact he can have, even from the bench. So he, he, just when, he, when he's been starting games lately, he's just not producing it. Maybe for the foreseeable, we could bring him on as an impact sub, but I don't know what the new manager will think about that. It's just something to mull over. Um, he's just not in the form that we, we expected from, but there was always going to be a dip at some point because he was so good in every game at the start of his United career and, you know, for the first 18 months, basically. He hardly had, he didn't have too many bad games, but there was always going to be a dip at some point and unfortunately uh, that's been going on for a number of weeks now, but hopefully he can get back to his best soon enough. So, we'll come on to the goal scorer, James Sancho. Um, two goals in two games. Um, Loved the, the way he shimmied the keeper and rolled it into the corner. Um, great composure in front of goal. Um, so really looking forward to seeing more of him in, in the coming weeks. Oh, without a doubt. I'd, I'd give him an eight. He was my man of the match. He looks exciting on the ball. He wants the ball now and he clearly knows what to do with it. He looks up, he can see an early pass and he's got that speed. Defenders hit people going at you left and right and he can do that. But he was signed to be a right winger, and I'm very hopeful that he'd be played there for between now and the, the next six or seven months, and he will get a lot of goals and a lot of assists. He's a player. He's a flair player, Kyle, and that's what we want on the side. Very exciting to watch. Yeah, and being that he learned his trade in German football, uh, and there's a German manager coming in who probably knows him very well from watching him, uh, it, it seems like he'd probably be the first name in the team sheet going forward. Um, so, yeah, exciting times for for Jaden himself and, and for us fans and uh, watching him. Uh, coming on to Marcus Rashford now, um, all honesty, I thought he had a very poor game and was f- fortunate that Sancho was taken off instead of him. It, it could easily have been him or Bruno. So what, what did you make of him? Uh, yeah, Rashford, another five. Uh, he huffed and puffs, the only way you can put it. He hasn't played a lot of first-team football this season because of his injury, and it looks like that. And he he, he didn't really know where where he was playing yesterday. He was, one, he was on the right, and then he was on the left, and nothing was happening for him. So Sancho's the main man up there now. If Rashford wants to impress under the new manager, he'll need to get fully match fit 
and very physically fit to keep himself in that team. It's going to be very, very competitive up front. Okay, I'll, I'll, hopefully this is the last time that I will ask someone this. Uh, what will you give Michael Carrick for his performance in the dugout? Well, I'll give him a six, Kyle, simply because he went to London, went to the league leaders and got a point. But the, his team set up and this whole, uh, the way the team, I mean, they did press better. Obviously, it looked as if they were playing for Carrick the way they didn't play for Ollie in the latter end of his career at Old Trafford. But it's not the type of football that you or I or anybody wants to see. And uh, as you say, I'm glad that we're, uh, as and from today and onwards, Thursday onwards, let's let's see a bit of United wanting. David De Gea said, we don't know what to do with the ball. The midfield doesn't know what to do. The defenders can't defend. That's a big, big challenge for this new manager. So carry the six for me, but let's move on to bigger and better things, hopefully. Okay, the new manager was officially confirmed by the club today, Ralph Raniak. Um, yeah, I mean, what you've described in the, the club statement as one of the great innovators in European football. Um, he took Hoffenheim, uh, a village club of, of 3,000 people, um, from Bundesliga 3 to the top flight. He took RB Leipzig from the fourth division to the Champions League. Um, he's won... German Cups with the likes of Schalke and Hanover. Um, he probably would have got the Bayern Munich job had he not have stepped down from management in 2011 uh, when he was at the peak of his career because of exhaustion. I think that's where he walked away. Um, since then, he's, he's had intermittent spells as Leipzig's man- manager, but he's mostly been their director of football. Um, Lexi Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Tuchel are... Uh, Ralph Halt, Hassan Hüttel and, and Nagelsmann, the Baron manager, are all students of his. Um, it was a great story uh, Martin Taylor mentioned yesterday that I mean, Thomas Duchel was working as a, an, as a waiter in a cocktail bar. Um, Ralph Raniak said, you can come and coach my youth team at Stuttgart. And now one of them is the Chelsea manager and one of them is the Ed manager. Um, unbelievable. Um, so he comes with a big reputation and uh, Someone who's known to invented his own philosophy in German football, um, known as Gegenpressen. Um, so he's going to bring. He's been. He's wanted to come to the Premier League for a long time, and now he's going to get his chance at the biggest club in the world. So, are you excited, Nigel? Oh, very excited. Uh, I, 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 when you have managers succeeding like that, who work with them at the highest level in the Premier League, you can't be anything else but excited. But he's obviously. From what he says, been watching United for quite a while. He he went to university in England. I think it was the University of Sussex. He knows the English game, and he's not afraid to make changes. Apparently, if he sees something that's not working properly, he change it. And that's what our squad needs. There's a lot of people there that early in the new year, when he's seen them for three or four weeks, he'll have his own ideas about whether people should play every week automatically. Under under Ali. We agreed that there was far too many friendships he had with the players. This guy will come in and look objectively at what we need in the squad and who should be playing on the basis of merit, not on the basis of, of alliances from from Scandinavian countries, it seemed to us. So let's 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 look forward to this guy. Uh, give him a bit of time and then we'll see. I, I believe that he will play attacking football and not be a defensive coach. So that has to be a positive. 
Yeah, um, it, it it's very exciting considering a lot of the players that we see in the Premier League on the on the Bundesliga today. Some of the, some of the biggest names in the game were all you know, scouted by him. That he, he spotted them, um, and hopefully he can spot a few hidden gems for us as well. Because as we know, he's going to be working on a consultancy basis. You know, uh, after he, he steps down as manager, if he does, if he does really well, maybe he won't have to, because he I think he we've been told that he'd be happy to continue as manager, um, but he will still be working. Uh, on football decisions, we understand that he's going to be involved in transfers. He's going to be understand uh, involved in player contracts and also the recruitment of the next manager if it's necessary. Um, yeah. So some of the names that that he is, you know, either worked under him or talent that he has spotted include the, the likes of Manuel Neuer, um, Erling Haaland, uh, Saito Mane, Roberto Firmino, Upper Meccano. Um, so many names that we, that are that are stars in the game today were all spotted by him. So it's very exciting that he can bring that knowledge uh, to Manchester United. And you know, it's take the Glazers on Edward really should have brought in this person eight years ago, but uh, it finally seems like they, they've got someone with a football brain coming in to work at the club. Yeah, and I think that he'd work particularly well with Sancho as you say, because he, he knows his background in German football and he let him play. He let him open up and, and be given the freedom to roam and provide uh, good attacking opportunities. I also have a hope that uh, some of the fringe players in the squad, like Ahmad uh, and Alanga, if he's used to spotting talent when they're young. I mean, when you look at the bench at Stamford Bridge yesterday and you see Martial and Mata and people like that on the bench, I mean, they're, they're, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're yesterday's players. Let's, let's give some of these younger players an opportunity, especially at Old Trafford when the crowd will get behind them. And I, I believe both are very talented players if, they get, if they're given a chance. Yeah, I, I'll be watching that one with, with intrigue. Um, I could definitely see a, a few young players flourishing under this manager. Um, I have some stats in front of me, which it's obviously going to be very positive reading. Um, United so far this season, in term in terms of tackles, they're twentieth. Um, successful pressures, nineteenth. Pressures in the, the final third, seventeenth. Interceptions, nineteenth. Recoveries, nineteenth. Um, errors leading the shots, twentieth. Uh, goals conceded, 18th. Only I think only Newcastle and Norwich have conceded more goals than us in the Premier League. Um, pretty damning stats. But you could, Sky have compared that to Raniac's last season as a coach in 2018-19 at RB Leipzig, where in terms of uh, the Bundesliga, they were in terms of tackles, they were first, successful pressures first, pressures in the final third second, interceptions first, recoveries first, earth eating the shots first. And goals conceded first, um. So, and which basically means conceded the least number of goals. So, he he brings those kind of stats to Manchester United, and things are going to improve drastically, aren't they? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the 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 those stats are horrific. You'd wonder how uh, at this morning's table we're actually eighth in the league with those sorts of stuff. But uh, Ronaldo has a big part of it, and and there shouldn't be any debate about whether he starts or doesn't start. He's a big player. He's, he's sitting on 799 goals. He's driven and he's ambitious. 
ambitious and I want to see his 800 goal on Thursday night against Arsenal. I, I, I think this manager will, will change things around. Obviously, the defence is a major problem. As I said earlier, the back four yesterday, uh, apart from Bailly, they're very, very poor. The right back's lost his confidence. The, Ralph doesn't uh, really believe in Shaw from what he's saying, but I think he'll give Shaw a chance like everybody else. And if they're not good enough, he won't have any favourites, Kyle. He'll make, he'll make the judgment call and we'll move on. But it's exciting times with this guy who will change what's there before, which was far too defensive. The fear of losing must be driven out by the new manager. Let's go on, go on the offensive, score goals, get a huge home crowd excited and march on. Yeah, it's exciting that part of his philosophy is to win the ball back after five seconds and then 10 seconds after that have a shot on goal. That is the standard that he sets for his teams. Um, and this is why some pundits believe that Ronaldo is not going to fit in. Um, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, he doesn't set his teams out to, to press constantly. Um, they're, they're taught when to press and when not to. Ronaldo can press where he wants to. Of course, he won't be able to do it for 90 minutes, but they won't be doing that anyway. They'll be picking their moments to do that. Um, so I, I could see Ronaldo can easily fit into that. Um, and you don't leave out your, your, like one of the best goal scorers the game's ever had. Um, you, you have to start him. And I don't think he'd want to come in and, and immediately create a problem for himself by leaving out Ronaldo. I, I really can't see it. Can you? No, definitely not. And wouldn't it be nice to see Sancho on the right with Cavani, who will do the running for Ronaldo, even though he's 34 and Ronaldo's 36. He's a player who will chase down. But you need Ronaldo up there, available to score goals when we get the quick breaks, and he'll do that for you. But remember the result when we beat Spurs. It was 3-0. Cavani and Ronaldo, let's see if, if Ralph is, is prepared to play both of them in the same team, especially in home games. Wouldn't that be exciting? Yeah, we've only seen it once, and that was a 3-0 win away to Tottenham. Uh, we need to see that more often. It's just, obviously, Cavani's availability is obviously an issue with that. Um, I think Ralph will be a big fan of Cavani because there's no one who presses as much as what he does, chasing down the goalkeeper and the defenders. Um, it's just a question of how many games in a row can he play without breaking down? Because you know, we know he's just at the end of his career now. Um, yeah, it's... It's really exciting going forward. Um, I can't wait to see who's going to make it into his first 11. Obviously, he's not going to have much time with him on the train ground. It'll take time to implement his his tactics and his strategy. Um, there's a possibility that Carry could take charge of one more game, sadly, because of these issues. Um, now that the UK is not part of the European Union, anyone coming in from abroad then has to apply for a visa, and that could take a bit of time, like we've seen with... Rafael Varane, so we could be left frustrated and uh, might have to wait for the Crystal Palace game to see him in charge, but hopefully not. Hopefully not, yeah, but Arsenal's always a big game and there's been games between these sides where lots of goals have been scored and it's been fairly open and exciting, but if Carrick has to be retained, surely he has to go back to an offensive attacking mode on Thursday night playing at home. And um, we definitely don't want to see that defensive midfield that we saw at Chelsea. Uh, given the benefit of the doubt that he was afraid to lose a game and he wanted a point because he thought it was his final game. But uh, we let we want to see uh, more attacking flair on, on display on Thursday. Yeah, 100%. Um, I can see this being a, a really good game. Um, if 
Ralph is in charge. Uh, I could see the crowd being so excited. Um, they'll be right behind the team. Of course, they will anyway. But especially if he's there, I mean, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Um, the, the, the Arsenal centre-backs and full-backs are going to be put on the pressure because um, that's what he'll be implementing. Um, and Arsenal sometimes under these situations can crumble. You know, they've got the they're playing a, a team full of quality players. They're being closed down quickly. Uh, the, the crowd is against them. You know, it's a type of game where Arsenal can fall apart. And I'm hoping that's what happens. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, we're going into the game uh, with an away win and away draw. So let's let's step it up now, be positive. A lot of games in December and we want uh, a few goals on Thursday night and a home win. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't wait for it. I just hope that that visa gets approved before Thursday night um, and then we can look forward to the first uh, game in charge of the manager because obviously... Arsenal is a lot better game to, to take charge of in your first match than, than Crystal Palace. But the fixture, after that horrible run of fixtures, which obviously led to the previous manager losing his job, um, we're now entering in, into a period of a lot more winnable games in December. And we're, I mean, we're desperate now to pick up points because we've, we've totally fallen away from the top four. Um, we're probably just chasing fourth at this point because the, the, the top three, I think, have broken away from everybody else. And we need to start getting points on the board now. Uh, otherwise, we're going to find it very difficult to, to get back into the Champions League in next season. And like we've talked about many times, we were so sick and tired of the Thursday night football, weren't we? Oh, yeah. Europa League, no way. Let's, let's uh, get established on a decent run. Uh, there may be a few draws in this first five or six games until things settle down. But the squad is talented. And if the right man's at the helm and we're playing the right way and scoring lots of goals, we can we can certainly get up and re- get forth, if not better. But we, we, we need to believe in ourselves. And I believe this manager will drum that uh, installation of confidence across the whole pitch. Yeah, uh, another exciting stat is that when he took over Schalke mid-season, um, they won the German FA Cup and they got to the Champions League semi-finals and in the quarters they took a big scalp uh, of Inter Milan who were the holders at the time beating them 5-2 in the San Siro if he managed to win the FA Cup this season finish fourth and get to the Champions League semi-finals I think we'd be pretty satisfied after the start of the season which we've had Oh that would be tremendous but uh, wouldn't it be great to get some silverware on the table we're, we're, I think with 12 FA Cups maybe one behind Arsenal so I'd like to get level with them again and definitely would like to see that. A big game in May with a settled team playing playing with excitement and flair. Uh, bring it on. Yeah, we've only won one FA Cup since 2004, I think. So it's been pretty abysmal. I think we've lost a few finals during that period. So we would like to get one on the board and it probably is our best chance of a trophy this season because we've already been knocked out of the League Cup, of course. But... Who knows what could happen, you know, if, if he can completely turn this around and, you know, make the most of the, the, the resources at his disposal. Maybe we could go all the way in Europe, you know, because quite often the, the best team on paper does not win the Champions League. And, and last season was a case in point, you know, Man City were superior to Chelsea, but Chelsea was a better team on the night. Yeah, well, the final's on the day and, and uh, they, they, they deserve to win it on that day in May. And... Uh... 
this guy, this guy has a big reputation, and I don't think he'll suffer fools. I'll be very interested, Kyle, to see what he does with the captaincy. You know, it needs to be looked at because certainly the, the current captain has had a miserable season, and the, the, the sending off last week was just shocking. I don't even think that Harry Maguire should even be in the team, <laughs> never mind be captain. Um, you, you, you nominated Fernandez. I'd be happy with that. Ronaldo or De Gea, just, just not Maguire for me. But one of those three, three guys would, would satisfy me. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm not a great believer in a goalkeeper being captain of the team. Uh, but Dino's off, of course, was an outstanding captain. He was an exception to that. Um, I, I'd like Ronaldo to concentrate on scoring the goals. He's a big man for the big occasion. Bruno has the fair flair in the class when he's playing well to lead by example. So he would be my choice. Yeah, I, I just came into my head there, another uh, quote from Ralph Rangnick. Um, I think he might have borrowed it from a, an Italian manager who, won, who was one of his heroes. Um, when he was, see, Rangnick was, uh, wasn't much of a professional footballer. And in, in Germany in, in the early 90s, up until that point, um, he had to be a top pro to become a manager. He obviously bucked the trend. And since then, we've had loads of big name German coaches who are now in the Premier League, some of them who weren't great players but have become, you know, top managers. And um when somebody in the media asked um Ralph Raniak, um, what makes you, you know, qualified to be a manager at the top level and um, when you weren't a professional footballer? And he and he and he quite he said but I didn't know uh, in order to be a jockey you had to first be in a horse. <laughs> but, <laughs> Very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think well, he, he proved himself. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got that from an Italian manager, but uh, he still, that quote still makes him laugh. Um, so we'll go ahead and leave it there. It's been a pleasure to have you on, Nigel. No problem. Very welcome to come on your show, Kyle. Thank you. Okay, till next time.